Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, the Sinsky Man, and I must be having deja vu because with me today are Media Man Zach. Hello. And Kyle. Kyle. I'm back. We're going to be recapping our match against St. Louis, discussing our playoffs hopes, checking in on our rivals, and predicting the outcome of the Dynamo's next two matchups. As Tolkien says, the road goes ever on and on, so we better get this podcast moving. Okay, Kyle, I'm going to hit with you first. It was a 1-1 draw at home to St. Louis. The beginning was a little bit messy. How'd you feel about that match? Yeah, so um, I was on Dyna Bros with with Jake from Dynamo Faithful, who did Super. a fantastic job hosting um, for his debut for hosting, by the way. So everybody, shout out Jake. So good. Um, That's so a good. Jake from Dynamo Faithful? At Jake from Dynamo Faithful. Touche. At Jake, yeah. And I think in that Dyna Bros reaction, which as a reminder to the faithful, it is all emotion, zero analysis. Except when and, Jake is on, then there's like 20% yeah. analysis. There's a little bit of analysis. There's little very analysis. failed analysis. 15 to 20%. Yeah. Yeah. He put an asterisk on his analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were, I, I think I was like a mixed bag of emotions because it was, we were so close to three points against the best team in the West who we should remember we lost 3-0 to back in June. Um, you know, and this is their first, season as a team um so that was you know that's tough um, but they've, they've been playing really well so to to nearly you know hold off a one nil shutout win against them um would have been incredible we didn't however as everybody knows and so it was a bit disappointing um so i did a rewatch today because i i felt like i didn't quite get the best perspective of that game as a whole because it was you know, we were so close to being so good, and then it just kind of ended on a real bummer. Um, the rewatch, though, was really good because I think it reminded me that we actually played pretty well in that first half. I mean, that's when we scored our goal, our team goal, which was an MLS goal of the week candidate. Um, it was so I don't, nice. I don't think it'll win because there were some other pretty good goals in there. Um, but, you know, hopefully Scory Baird gets a good shout from the, from the faithful. Um, but that first half actually ended up, we played pretty well. We had a lot of really good moments of soccer. HH tracked back and played fantastic defense in that first yeah. half. Um, Amin Bossi, HH, Coco moved the ball pretty well. Uh, Griffin Dorsey got up high, as he always does, and he played well. Defensively, we were more solid than I remember on my first watch. We just had a few nervy moments, like Sviatchenko had a really bad foul literally like half a yard outside of the box. It was just so bad. Was and it that seven and a half minute or <laughs> uh, so like pretty early in the game? Yeah, it just was like runs it was and bodies early, the yeah. guy. It was it was poor defending for sure. The commentators um, loved it. He said it was a good a good foul that they didn't have a choice. <laughs> I think you've got some choices there. I think you have obviously a choice to move his feet a little bit and try to make a bit more of a play on that. He's not the fastest defender, so uh, it, it's fine if that's all he can do. You know, the it, it didn't end up being a goal or anything. It was a blocked, you know, uh, play by the wall. But you know, this game I think had a lot of really positives, uh, a, a lot of positive moments, uh, more than I recall from you know that that first watch. Um, still a lot to work on for sure. I think we, uh, I think Coco went fairly absent most of this game. I thought Quinones, this is probably one of his worst performances. 
Um, but everybody else I thought played relatively well. Um, Steve Clark had a massive game, unfortunately couldn't get the shutout. So, you know, good game one, one against the best team in the West. And, uh, that's, we can't like undersell that enough. That is a huge growth marker for this team. Um, especially only, you know, what, three months back losing three nil to them. You know, like I said, that's, that's a lot of growth that we've seen in a, in a short period of time as we're pushing for playoffs. Like that's what we want to see from this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think Coco did a really good job of getting in to the final third and passing around the final third. I think when it came to final product, it wasn't all there, which is seems to be like kind of consistent with him. But I don't I don't think he disappeared in this game. I remember him having a few really good moments that just didn't quite come off, but a lot of good chances. Uh, Zach, why don't you jump in on here? And give me your thoughts on the game since we haven't heard those yet. <laughs> I was also on Dino Bros. You heard a little bit of them. Um, I that's right. You had that yeah. like uh, since he doesn't he doesn't listen to our pod. I don't think that is he not doesn't. true. I just listen so early in the morning that it's it's a little hazy. So when I'm not on it, I don't I don't I don't catch everything that's happening. I must admit. <laughs> I thought you watched the podcast, Sinsky. I thought you were the only oh, one of us that actually watches it. But when I watch it, I get it all. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I also had the impression, um, that Kyle referred to of it being a little sloppy in the first, in the first half. And I hearing, hearing Kyle, hearing you say the things that you're saying, I agree with you. It makes sense to me. Um, it especially makes sense to me because it sounds like a lot of the positives came out of the defense, right? Like the, Mm -hmm. like our ability to kind of absorb the pressure that St. Louis was putting on. So now that I'm kind of unpacking that in my mind, right? Watching the game, it felt crazy sloppy like i was very unhappy with the first 25 30 minutes of the dynamo it felt like i was watching very reactionary kind of desperate you know like we just couldn't put a plan together soccer but as i'm thinking about it in the context of what you're saying i'm thinking about it was mostly the attack mostly our attack felt that way and i can definitely sit back and say yeah we looked sloppy in our attempts to create goal scoring opportunities but then agree consistently every time St. Louis would capitalize on that, take the ball from us uh, and then try to counter. They got, they got rebuffed, right? Like our defense consistently turned it around, gave it back to the attack. We did nothing with it, came back to the defense. So they did their job and, and it is worth noting, right? That it was against St. Louis, right? This, they're a very good team. And, uh, and so it's not surprising that we looked a little sloppy in our attack against number one in the West and uh, and it is a little surprising and super encouraging that we that we held it together for that that we scored in the first half that we held them until what, the eighty seventh minute. So still, I mean, you know, my impression day of was, oh, this is sloppy. We don't look so good. But then putting that into the context of who we were playing and how we were doing, holding that down, even though we looked a little sloppy, um, I'm willing to admit that we were probably cleaner than most games, and it just looked bad next to St. Louis, <laughs> right? I don't know. I feel like I feel like we played pretty well. We dominated the possession game, um, over sixty percent possession. XG is about the same as St. Louis's. I think Corey Baird had a lot of chances. Um, there was one where Bossy passes to Dorsey, or Dorsey passes to Bossy. I mean, and Bossy kind of like loses the ball a little bit, but Dorsey's able to chase it down. In the box, really dangerous cross, literally right in front of Corey Baird. Should have gone in, 
somehow it doesn't like Corey Baird doesn't catch it and then he gets knocked over. We had a lot of players get knocked over in the box in this game. I'll say that too. Looking at you, Tim Parker. But uh, you know, nothing called as per usual for the Dynamo. And I just think I think they played pretty well, to be honest. Um I do think Corey Baird could have had another goal in him and should have scored again in that play particularly, but there was a couple others. Um, obviously, his goal was incredible. I do wonder if Bossy was trying to chip the keeper and score a goal or if he really mm-hmm. was passing the ball to Baird. I think he was taking a shot. Kyle's oh, yeah, he was definitely taking head. a shot, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but, his uh, touch took him too far out wide. It looked like he was trying to just get anything into the into the goal there. Yeah, I watched Baird that about five or ten times, and I couldn't. I still, I don't know if he like went for a touch and missed, and that's why the ball rolled away, or if he caught it weird, and that's why the ball rolled away. But either way, Baird was in position to clean that up for him. So yeah. not not taking anything away from Baird, but I do think there were a couple of chances where Baird has opportunities to finish and score, and he's the guy that that should be finishing and scoring right now. So um, I I think that game was ours to take, giving up that goal on yeah. the end is really painful for me just because I said it on uh, last week's episode. I thought this was the time to beat St. Louis city. They're kind of yeah. like, I, I'm not saying the wheels are coming off. They're still solidly first place. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them, but I do think we're seeing that they're just a team like anybody else in the West. And so I think, I think the West is a dogfight. You know, Sviachenko said that he heard it from somebody and I think it's true. I think so, that was you. You heard it from you, right? Uh, he said one of his teammates, but he actually probably meant our podcast is probably what he meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're part of the team. Kyle, tell me about uh, the that 87th minute goal. What what do you think caused that? Because like I said, we were kind of controlling this game and then it seemed like maybe mm-hmm. we weren't. Yeah, yeah, it was real tough because they had – I mentioned Steve Clark had a great game, which he did. He had, he had a lot of great saves. Um, St. Louis had seven of 11 shots on target. Um, so Steve Clark was pretty involved, but none of them, I would say were like scary, dangerous, you know, we had, a, we had some good chances as well, Yeah. but here at the end, the 87th minute, this is where like defensively you've got to be turned on to 110%. Like, you know, you're about to shut out the top team in the West. We're going to say it a hundred times on this episode. Uh, because it is important to remember that we almost shut out the top team in the West, you know, like pulling the double over LAFC. That's that's a huge thing to talk about. This would have been as as big as that. Um, but this is just a case of tired legs and I think poor defending. So the ball comes down our our right side. St. Louis is left and um, Griffin Dorsey, I think, just gets caught between two minds on where to go and. Um, what's their, what's their number 10 Lowen, Leuven, Levin, the unleavened bread, whatever that guy's name is. He, he split Dorsey and Sviatchenko very well, yeah. um, with that pass. And I actually, I, I think I put more of the blame on Sviatchenko on this play. Really? He's the center back. He's the leader in that situation. He has a better angle to see where that ball is going to end up. Dorsey is already getting caught tracking the player out wide. If he gives the player out wide the space, then the ball can come out wide and then it's an easy cross for a tap in. So he chooses to try not to give up that outside pass and he gets split down the middle. I think Sviatchenko needs to see that as the second man. Um, I think Dorsey you know, got that's, beat. 
They got beat. I, I, I don't. I don't make a bad turn. Did his best. I just think I, I put more more pressure on Sviatchenko to 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 take over that ball. Um, I think he just sees the play in a better angle than Dorsey does. Um, but Dorsey didn't do himself any favors by trying to spin circles to figure out which way he was going to run. So it was also a great uh, pass. Great pass. It was uh, it was a fantastic through ball, and uh, and then Perfect it was just a bit of a tween. Steve Clark made a great save off that initial uh, shot. And then the ball fell perfectly to Klaus, who is always going to score. That's a that is a poacher's goal right there. It it was teed up perfectly for him. So yeah, I think they call him Klaus the Louse. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard him call that before. Um, Yeah, super frustrating way to concede. And uh, man, I just we were so close. That's what I said on Diana Bros. We were we were that close to to getting this thing locked up. I think three points would have been enormous for our table positioning right now going into the stretch of games that we have a point is good, but man, that was a, that was a real bummer. Yeah, absolutely. And Zach, I want to talk to you about the uh, yellow cards in this game. It was one of those games where we kind of looked like the dynamo of last year, where just about everybody was looking to get a card. What's your take on all that? And I mean, three of them, right, came during that period of time that we've been talking about. It was the early game where we seemed kind of uh, like we were trying to find a rhythm, a little frustrated in the attack. Um, So that's it's not I mean, it's surprising, right, because professionalism is cool, but it's not super surprising uh, that during that portion of the game, we were trying to find our feet that we experienced this. Right. Sviachenko, Escobar was an early one. Herrera was an early one. He got pretty pissed at the ref. Not super surprised, given that, right? That, that that's what that, that's what came out of that first kind of sloppy period. I think those first three yeah. were in the first twenty minutes. But um, given that, you know, I was very impressed with uh, Escobar's confidence in the second half. <laughs> right? Um, he was he's walking a yellow. I, I think he's already out uh, versus Vancouver for accumulation, just based on the first one that he got, and he's still, you know. Uh, head pats somebody from St. Louis when they're down on a foul that he was involved in. So, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, uh, dude, so funny. There was tension, right? Like, there's a little bit of tension. I think even after we found our feet, you know, after that first 20, 25 minutes, the team just looked great the whole rest of the game. But that tension seemed to sort of pervade, right? Like, it was still there. There were still moments, even in the second half, when we were feeling dominant, feeling kind of in our in our in our game that. There were definite there were definite moments where the dynamo were just kind of feeling a little angry. And I don't I don't feel upset about that. Uh, ben Olson told us at the beginning of the season he wanted us to be nasty. Um, the Houston Dynamo is kind of trying to like resurrect this reputation of being a, a tough team to play, especially when you play us at home. I'm not I'm not gonna fault the team versus the number one team in the West if they want to bring out a little bit of that anger, a little bit of that physicality and, and, and turn this game into something that feels a little more on edge, that's okay. I'm okay with it. I feel like it, it you know, it wasn't it all calculated for them because yeah. they almost uh, shut out the number one team in the West. Yeah. I think it was the number one team in the West, right? Yeah. That we almost shut out. That we but almost shut out. I think those first yellow cards were because they were angry at the ref. Um, oh yeah. This ref was an absolute behold the entire game. But they were so mad at him. Like he wasn't, he wasn't calling stuff. So then Escobar flies in on like, he thought the ball was out of bounds and, yeah. um, 
And it was close. The lineman he, just like keeps running. So he runs the player over and then he, yeah. he gets the yell. He doesn't even really regard it. He just like is yelling at the lineman. Like, <laughs> how, how is this? How are we still playing? There should be no yellow here. I shouldn't have to foul. The ball was out. And then right. he's Hector's lucky foul. to not have gotten a second yellow immediately following that right? yellow card. That's true. Escobar is such a hothead. He gets so mad. And then yeah. Hector's foul is when Quinones r- ran into Parker in the uh, in the PK box, and you could say that maybe Parker pushed him over, which seems like a penalty to me, and and stops him from being able to make a play on the ball. You remember, you is. remember, we had that conversation that Tim Parker. We have a we have a history of traded players being like our secret squirrels and and getting us penalties. I think that was it. I he think tried. that was Parker's attempt to give us a PK, and everybody was mad. Herrera was like, "Too by the rules, too soft." Yeah. Did y'all see Parker and uh, Baird kind of have like a buddy-buddy moment at the end of the game too? That was kind of sweet. Tim Parker put his head on Baird's shoulder. He was laughing. Um, Anyway, yeah, I just think refs need to be better in the MLS and maybe just in soccer in general. It must be hard to be a ref because... This ref ref was so frustrating this game because he... Do you guys remember how many times he like restarted play because the ball wasn't in the right spot? The dude did it probably yes. five or six times, like on multiple free kicks. He was like, no, no, you got to move the ball away. Like uh, one of the main jobs of the referee is to help encourage the flow of the game and right. not just stop it. Like there were so many throw-ins where he had them move back three or four yards. It's like, guy, is this your really your biggest concern with this game? I've Let's, seen players walk yeah. half the field on throw. Seriously. Dude, <laughs> just sure. Get the ball back and play, dude. Not yeah. a big deal. Did, am I? Soccer. Am I misremembering? Was there another game like recently? I mean, like in the last month, month and a half, that that exact thing happened. That there was a ref that like kept making them reposition the ball over and over and over again for kicks. But then I, I don't know if it's deja vu. The ball like ten feet from the starting spot to to like his perfect sweet spot before he <laughs> takes his. Pick. Yeah, but we're not inter Miami. Yeah, all of a sudden, we all of a sudden, they get a blind eye when Messi starts playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last question about this game before we go to our sponsorable segment, and I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with Kyle. Kyle, Escobar is a guy who looks like he could get heated in the moment, and we've all seen Tim Parker be a big physical man. We're going to we're gonna take a little page from uh, our fun wrap-ups a little bit and do a mini Dinah Death match. Who do you think wins in this fight, Kyle? Escobar or Parker? I've got a back... Franco Escobar on this one. He Ooh. had the job of, of shutting down Tim Parker in this game. So strictly based on how this game went, I would say Escobar, he wins that fight. Okay. Zach, do you agree? I absolutely agree. I mean, just look at the look at the fouls, right? Parker kind of fouled Keenan. I mean, you just, what, three minutes ago, Kyle, you said it was too soft. It was too soft. Parker didn't foul him hard. Parker doesn't have it. I think Parker holds back. Escobar? <laughs> Does not hold back. If it's a Escobar, fight to the death, no Escobar is absolutely, absolutely. He said that ball went out of bounds, and I'm going to stop the play so we can talk about it. And to do that, I'm going to kick this man's knees out from under him because I got to go yell at the ref, and I can't have the game going on while I'm yelling at the ref. That's a man who's a little unhinged, and he's definitely taking Parker down. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Okay. I I think I'm going to say Escobar too, but but to not take Tim is hard for me. But I think I'm going to go Escobar. I think it's a a three-way sweep. Tim Parker, you are no longer the toughest guy on our team. He was a tough guy. He's still on our team, though, by the way. We're (laughs) still paying him. He shouldn't have been allowed to play. St. Louis made him soft. That's all I can say. 
And with that, it brings us to our sponsorable segment, Bins Bestie of the Week. Zach, you are an Escobar fan, so I've got a feeling he may be the one you call out. Am I right? Is he your Bins Bestie of the Week? No, he's not. That's a fair prediction, given how much I'm going to talk about Escobar in this pod. Um, But no, um, mainly because, you know, he's out versus Vancouver because of his antics. no, I'm going to give Ben's bestie this week to Corey Baird. This is hard for me. I mean, we've all been talking positively about Corey Baird for a while, but this is the first time that I have intentionally selected him for a positive comment. And um, I, th- we talked. I mean, we've we've hit on it. He had just the one goal that was kind of like a right place, right time. And we've talked a whole lot about him having a lot of opportunities in the box and just not quite finishing. Um, but I want to read in between the lines on that, on the fact that he was always where he needed to be in the box. Like the man, the man was available. And I, and I know looking back over last season, looking back over the way this season started, we were trying to find an answer for striker. Um, that's what Ben wanted from a striker, right? That's we've talked so many times about that on different episodes through the whole Sebus drama and Corey Baird starting feeling yeah, like we were being tricked. It. He's done so well. Like he's done so well becoming a striker with that work rate where he's like always where he needs to be. And I saw that in this game, even though he didn't get to capitalize on it a lot and he didn't have like a hat trick for it or something epic. Um, I feel like he could have in this game. if He did. He could have. He absolutely could have. He was, it was like just chance, you know, that kept him from capitalizing and, and sinking these opportunities. And the fact that he was there for so many of them in a game against the number one team in the West was impressive. And he, so he gets it for me. All right. Kyle, who is your Ben's bestie of the week? I think I'm going to go with Archer on this one. Um, I think he had a, he quietly did a very good job, which he always does. Um, I feel like this is just another walk in the park type of game for him. Um, but he had a lot of great tracking back defensive plays as a six. And he also had some good kind of beat the lines passes through the middle, uh, which is very solid hit him. HH both played very well in this game. I, I could give it to either, but I'll, I'll edge it out to Archer for this one. Not not a bad choice. I think there's a lot of options here. Um, initially, I'm thinking Bossy, great chip. I think he was in in a lot of what we were doing in the attack. He was always around, always messing around in the box, being around the, the box, everything. But I'm going to give it to Steve Clark. I know he had that moment in the 47th where maybe something could have happened. We could have gotten in trouble. But... Like you said earlier, Kyle, he was on tonight, or not tonight, I rewatched today, but he was on this weekend, and I have I feel bad about that second goal. It was an incredible save to knock that ball away, gets his fingertips to it, and just was having such a great night. I think that goal is not on Steve Clark. I think he did everything to prevent it, and that the defense probably should have did a little better in front of him. So I'm going to give it to Steve Clark. You know, that guy, 37, looks young on him. I'm constantly impressed by the performances he's putting in. So there you have it. No consensus this week for Ben's bestie. Too many good players, which I think goes back to what I said, that maybe we didn't play so bad. Maybe we played pretty good. All right, let's look at our playoff push. Playoffs are right around the corner, and the Dynamo are doing everything they can, I feel like, to keep it interesting for us. The West is still super tight. We've got six games left. We're in fifth place. 
but that's only four points in a game in hand on ninth place. Kyle, how are you feeling about our playoff chances? Uh, three points in this game would have made me feel a lot more secure. Um, yeah. we've, we've got some tough games to, to, you know, close out the season here. We've also got some games against lower, lower place teams. So, um, I think I'm still feeling positive. I'm feeling hopeful. I do think I said that, um, I was not going to let jinxes or curses get to me. And I went ahead and said, we will make playoffs. So I'm going to hold to that. I will be faithful to my prediction and my hope. Um, But I do think that we're going to, we're going to keep our spot where we're going to keep our spot. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm, I'm really hoping for that, you know, four, five, six spot. Okay. Zach, how are you feeling? Do you think playoffs are still attainable? Or are you getting a little nervous with this draw since we couldn't hold on to the win? I'm not nervous. Um, looking ahead at what matches we have coming up, we've got Colorado. We've got Portland uh, towards the end of our season. I mean, it's a stacked two weeks here. We're playing quite a lot of games back to back. So our rotation is a little, you know, has me a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Um, but, you know, we talked to Ben about it and he said he's confident in our depth. Uh, and and that's sufficient, right? Like if, if he's confident in our depth, we've seen a lot of rotation. Teenage was on the bench uh, this last week. So yeah. we have signs pointing to him getting back on the field. Um, I'm and confident in our depth. he was dominant pre-injury. We cannot forget yes. that. He was he so was solid. Yes. You remember opening opening of the season, it was like, who is this now mature uh, yeah. defender that we have on the field? Most Least likely to sure. get a yellow now. What? 100%. Uh, well, except in this last game, if he played in this last game, he got a yellow. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, we've got Vancouver coming up. That's, you know, they're high on the table, but I'm not, I'm not worried. We've got sporting KC coming up. They're lower than us on the table. And I'm a little worried. Um, and we've got FC Dallas, Montreal, Colorado, Portland. Those games all feel like it's in our bread and butter. It's, you know, in our wheelhouse, we've been playing really well. I'm not discouraged that we drew to the number one team in the West. And the fact that we drew to the number one team in the West gives me a lot of confidence going into these other games against teams who are not the number one team in the West. Um, so I'm still feeling good about playoffs. Six games feels doable. We're sitting right in the middle of the the playoff, you know, range of the table. Um, you know, the plus or minus there is literally like one game, both directions. Like we're sitting, you know, four points away from ninth place, but we're also sitting three points away from second place. So it's kind of, it's really going to come down to a crapshoot about how all of these, you know, top seven teams contend with and among one another to see how it's going to shake out. But I'm feeling good about our odds against the teams that we have lined up. Really? Yeah, I said it before. It's a dogfight. And I look at our next four matchups, Vancouver, they're in fourth place. They're playing well. That's a, that's a difficult matchup. Sporting Kansas city has been climbing the table. They're, they're knocking on that back door for playoffs, trying to get in. Makes me nervous. Dallas, they like to play hard against us. You know, I think I think we're better than Dallas. There, I said it, but that's a nervy matchup. And then Montreal, another team that it's like, well, could beat us, you know. And then, but then I see Colorado and Portland, and I think we have them. I think those are wins at home on the road, somebody else's house, even like. I think we beat Colorado all day, and I think we have what it takes to beat Portland. I'm not worried about them. I think that's six points personally. But the other four matchups, I think could go any which way. It's so the West is a dogfight. It's so tight. I'm not, I want playoffs, but am I sure we're gonna be in fifth place? You know, we were in fifth place last week. We're still in fifth place this week. It feels like it feels like we're holding on to that, but 
I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. Okay. You hear me faithful. I need y'all to help me stay faithful because this is this is a nervy matchup. But I think we can do it. Playoffs are bust, right? That's what we've been saying. It's gotta be playoffs or people need to get in trouble. So playoffs. Chris, I think it'll Chris, happen. They Chris, we're gonna be in we're gonna be in third place. You think we're gonna be in third? I think we're gonna be in third. Okay. Kyle, where do you think we're we're entering the playoff games at? Mm, I think fifth. I think we're going to hold fifth for the next, you know, three weeks. I'll split the difference. Fourth. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our rival watch. We're going to be looking at FC Frisco, Broccoli FC, and Sporting Kansas City. Zach, how did uh, Frisco FC do this past week? Uh, FC Frisco won one draw uh, at home versus the Seattle Sounders. Um, they are low on the table. They've played less matches uh, than some other teams on the table, but they're low on the table where they belong. Um, it's a one, one draw. It's the Sounders. They're a good team. Um, so, you know, if you, if you kind of like just shift the teams down the table, the way the matchups were, it's like they're 11th. They played, what are they? Third Seattle Sounders. We we're um, fifth. We played first. It, I, I'm sure they feel just as good about holding the Sounders to a draw at home as we did about holding St. Louis to a draw. So that's good for FC Frisco, but they're down there. So we don't care about them. And uh, we don't care about them until we play them. And they're coming to our house for that game on, what, September 30th. So I don't care about that either. Nah, Dallas needed that three points, and they didn't get it. Take that, Dallas. All right, Kyle, tell me about Broccoli FC. Yeah, their woes continue. 2-1 loss at home to Portland. Uh, just a reminder, we beat Portland 5-0. So right? <laughs> Austin, Austin is very bad. Um so that's great. They're 12th on the table. They are slowly working their way down uh, to last, which is where I'd like to see them. I love that. Man, the the trash talk of last year still <laughs> like burns in me from uh, Austin yeah. fans who have no idea what the MLS is really like. And now, yeah. now they're like, they're steaming. You know, they're just a bunch of broccoli in a steamer. They are getting <laughs> cooked. And I love it. I love it. Sporting Kansas City, however, they won away to Minnesota. If I remember right, Minnesota made us look pretty silly. So a little bit nerve-wracking there. Sporting Kansas City is playing up the table. I said it earlier that they're knocking on that back door for playoffs. They're in 10th place, and it is so tight. I think think they're like a point behind or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, one point behind Portland, you know, two points behind Minnesota. Four points behind San Jose, Salt Lake City, and us. Five points behind Vancouver. It's so tight. So Sporting Kansas City, like they're looking and they're saying we can make it. But we are the Houston Dynamo. We're not going to let them make it. You hear that? We ain't letting them make it. Ain't going to happen. Okay. Let's predict the future, gentlemen. We have a matchup against Vancouver Wednesday, September 20th at 7.30 p.m. at The Shell. Energy Stadium, the greatest stadium in the history of the MLS with one of the most dominant teams the MLS has ever seen on defense and one of the scrappiest, like, funnest-to-watch offenses in the league. And I I think we're going to tear them apart, but I'm not giving my prediction just yet. Zach, talk to me about how Vancouver's been doing lately. Yeah, Vancouver took a victory against uh, Toronto, which, you know, sounds intimidating when you say it, if you don't know anything about Toronto, but when you know that Toronto is literally like cannon fodder, dead fish in a barrel over in the East, uh, means a little bit less 
um, they took it. They took a game against you know beating a dead horse. So that's great. Um, we're looking forward to it. We're looking. We're looking forward to Vancouver coming into the fortress and making them look silly. Absolutely, we're gonna make them look silly. Ain't gonna be. Ain't gonna be a thing at all. I think. Uh, I think it's time for a little revenge. They uh they hurt us last time. It's our time to hurt them. Before we give predictions, friendly neighborhood Dinobot. Let's hear how this matchup's gonna go. Dinobot's prediction for Houston Dynamo versus Vancouver Whitecaps FC. Forty three percent chance Houston Dynamo win. Thirty two percent chance Vancouver win. Twenty five percent chance the two teams draw. Dale 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 Dynamo and stay faithful. Guys, we have been getting some Dyna love from the Dyna bot. I don't know if robots are capable of that emotion, but I have been pretty much enjoying the last couple weeks of Dyna bot's predictions. Over 50% chance to win against St. Louis, and we nearly had that three minutes away. And here we go, 43% chance to win. How does that make you feel, Kyle? Honestly, I think it's a little low. I'm I'm oh. slightly taken aback by Dinobot's prediction here. Um, we're at home. We have obviously a big uh, we have a big revenge push against Vancouver. We lost six two to them last time we played. That was a huge beatdown. So this is an important time for us to uh, remind Vancouver that we're not total pushovers. So maybe Dinobot is bringing that into the percentages here. But I think Houston at home, it's got to be at least 50% win chance. So um, I'm I'm definitely saying three points on this one. And I think it's going to be a return to form. I'm going to go with a 3-0 win. 3-0. I like that. Who do you think scores? I think Scory Baird keeps it up. I think HH bags one as well. And I think we have a bossy penalty. Oh, gonna see some arrows fly. That'll that'll excite the fans. Zach, what is your prediction? Kind of in the same boat as Kyle here. I'm a little I'm a little surprised at Dinobot for 43. percent um, I'm assuming I'm assuming that it must be taking into account that Coco and Escobar are gonna miss this game, and so it's just letting us know it's gonna be a little bit more of a challenge. That said, uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that. That note from Dinobot, I'm going to say it's it's a victory. It's three points. We're taking Vancouver down. Um, I'm going to give it a 2-0 victory. I'm feeling the shutout, too. Um, St. Louis was a fluke. Uh, we got this. We got this. Uh, as far as scoring, though, I don't know if I'm going to give it to Scory Baird. I think that Vancouver is the game that we see Aliu uh, re-break his deck. He's gonna get another one. We're gonna have we're gonna have a redemption arc. He's gonna get one of those those easy balls, gonna land at his feet, and he's just gonna crush that ball. He's gonna get out of his own way. Kyle, stop shaking your head. He's gonna get out of his own way. He's gonna get out of his head. He's gonna not, he's gonna send happening. a screamer into the upper corner of the net. Okay, you know what? Both goals, Aliyu. <laughs> Shut up. Oh right, yeah, make it five goals. Five goals make it six. I think six. Have you heard of seven? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of them, but I heard seven, eight, nine. So ten goals since Kyle, nine's not available. Kyle, what are you going to do for me when Aliu scores the only two goals of this game? Uh, anything you like. Well, oh. I think we should let the faithful decide. If Aliu gets two goals, we're going to put out a uh, a Twitter post, and you guys yes. are get to decide how Kyle uh, repays Zach for this yeah. utter disrespect on Aliu. I'll put some options together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think we win this game. 
not because Dinobot says so, but because the Sinsky man said so. And it don't matter what the Dinobot says. I, I've got a feeling, a funny feeling that Zach is right. Aliyah will score, but I don't think it's going to be a gimme. I think he's going to score one that nobody sees coming. And everybody's going to be like, how do you score that and miss all those chances you've missed before? I think it's going to be like a weird goal awkward like back heel something or other that people are just like how in the world mind blown goal of the week but then can't score it i'm wide open in the box it comes off my chest literally half an inch from the goal and somehow flies lateral to my body so that'll be one of the goals and hector herrera is going to score and it'll be a 2-0 a liu hector herrera score and maybe Maybe Baird's feeling a little frisky and scores a third to make it 3-0, but I'm thinking two. I think 2-0 against Vancouver at the Shell. It sounds like a victory to me. And those three points, I think, are going to be really crucial to our playoff hopes. I really think after the win next week, when we're talking about the playoff push, we're just going to call it the playoff cement or something Mm. like that. (laughs) You, You can improve on that, but I do like where you're going with it. Yeah, let's workshop that. The playoffs... It needs to be alliterative. You need to have another P P. word there. Okay, I'll work on it. We'll (laughs) we'll 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 fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Yeah, Yeah, not not Ian. Fix it later. Ian, go ahead and uh, cut in and give it a snazzy name for me. Appreciate that, producer Ian. But that's not our only matchup before our next episode. We're also going to be playing Sporting Kansas City. Zach, I want you to give me the details on that matchup. Yeah, we're playing uh, Sporting Kansas City away at Children's Mercy Park um, on September 23rd. That, um, you know, it's not our, it's not the best advantage that we could hope for uh, playing away on the road to Sporting Kansas City when they're looking so dominant in their game right now. But um, that doesn't mean anything, right? They they won 1-0 away against Minnesota. That's a big win for them. Like you said, Chris, they've been moving up the table. Um, they've had three wins out of their last four games, you know, and their only loss was against uh, Messi, Ami. So they're looking really solid. We're playing them in their home stadium. This is this is stacked up to be, you know, the thing that movies are made of uh, because we're still going to shut them out. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Sporting Kansas City has nothing on us. I don't care whose house we're in. Absolutely, we're going to shut them out. Dinobot, predict that score for us. Dinobot's prediction for... Houston Dynamo versus Sporting KC, 54% chance Kansas City win, 20% chance Houston Dynamo win, 25% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. Just when you think Dynabot has got it going on, it throws something out like this. You know, when I first saw this prediction, I thought we had the 54% chance because there's no way Sporting Kansas City has a more than 50% chance of beating us. They don't have a 1% chance of beating us. Zach is right. It's going to be a shutout. Zach, give me your prediction. Dinobot, you can go like check for viruses or something because there's something wrong with you. Yeah, man, you're harsh on the 1%. I'm a little bit of a scientist. I don't know if I feel like there's not a 1% chance of them beating us, um, but it's going to be a shutout either way. Uh, but I'm going to give it, a, it's going to be a hard fought shutout. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a repeat of our St. Louis experience here at home. I think it's a, it's a one zero scoreline. Um, we take it late in the first half, early in the second half, and then we got to hold that bad boy down. Um, so, you know, 
Ben talked about depth. I know he's thinking about sporting Kansas City away. I'm hoping that we pack uh, the most of our our defensive, um, you know, Benny Ball esque uh, players and and fitness for that game. So I'm just really feeling it turning into something like that. We're going to shut them down. We're going to get one goal. Um, that one goal is going to come off the boot of Bossy. <clears throat> oh, a little Bossy boot. I like that. I like that a lot. Kyle, do you agree with Zach? Is this a shutout game? Um, yes, but not in the way that you want it to be. I think it's an I think it's a nil nil affair out there in in Kansas City. I think that there's a lot of things stacked up against us in this game, like Zach talks about. One of them too is that Sporting Kansas City hosts Nashville midweek. So they don't travel like we do. Um, so they get to kind of hang out at home for for two games in a row. There's just a lot of lot of reasons why we're going to be a little bit dragging on this one. Um, but I think we are going to hold them to a nil-nil um, scoreline, which is still good. Four points out of two games. It's going to be it's going to be fine. I'm only saying this for when we inevitably win three nil again. That I'll feel even better about my prediction. I think you're crazy. I Have you seen the way we're playing lately? Of course we're going to score. Of course we're going to score. There's no way it's nil-nil. And there's no way we're giving up a goal. Not to Sporting Kansas City. I I don't want to hear any junk from Sporting Kansas City fans. It is going to be a shutout. I just think it's going to be a one-niller. Uh, kind of like Zach. Zach, we're on the same wavelength when it comes to these predictions today. I do think a one-niller. And uh, Corey Baird, Scory Baird, you know. And as it's uh, moving closer and closer to October, uh, the other teams are going to start calling him Scary Baird because he scares them. They used to ignore him, and now he's just they, – they can't help but notice him. He's doing so good. I think a Scory Baird goal, uh, just a nice, a nice team goal that we're kind of getting accustomed to seeing from our Houston Dynamo makes me pretty happy. And with that, we move into the fun wrap-up, my favorite segment on this pod. We're going to Sporting Kansas City, and when we play Sporting Kansas City, it makes all of us here at the Dynamo Faithful feel like a little bit of barbecue. We talk about it every time that we play Sporting Kansas City. And we're going to put a little bit of a spin on it. We're not talking about our favorite barbecue place. You're not going to hear about worst barbecue items such as jalapenos and mac and cheese or the best the barbecue items, which are free beans from McKinsey's here in Huntsville, Texas. It's a chain. You can get it in Conroe, too. Anyway, and I think in uh, Madisonville, three, three locations. Take your pick. Free beans if you're dining in. Anyway, we thought it would be really fun to think about who, which player, that you would like to attend a cookout with. All right, I'm going to start with my man, Kyle. Yep, can do. Um, I feel like this segment specifically should be sponsored by McKinsey's. I think you need to hit them up. <laughs> you just did the ultimate pitch for them, and now now I, even I want McKinsey's right now. Yeah, uh, those beans. Taking me back. The, but I remember a burger from there back in like 2010. It was so good. Dude, the burgers um, go so hard. That was one of those five yeah. bucks on Thursday for a burger and a drink. Oh, delicious. And free beans. Yes. We also had a fun wrap-up option for tonight, which was who on this podcast makes the best barbecue. But then we remembered that producer Ian is the only one that does that. So <laughs> he, by default, wins. He does win. Um, we bow to you. 
He wins as, as he wins all things. Um, but yeah, I think I have a couple options for this one, but I think I'm going to go with Hector Herrera. I feel like Hector Herrera probably hosts a very good cookout um, with all sorts of different uh, flavors and vibes to the cookout. It's probably by a pool um, and there's just like good music in the background and there's carne asada and there's like really tender like beef fajita and there's fresh made tortillas. I just think that he's probably got a really, really good um, setup going as well as some like very well seasoned meat that's smoking on the other side of the pool. And that's like for the after party, you know, like when the, when the main crowd leaves and it's just me and Hector hanging out, he's like, (laughs) Kyle stick around. The prime cuts are coming out later. That's, I think that's, what's going to happen. So I, I think it'd be cool to hang out with Hector at a cookout. What a dream, Zach. Which player would you like to hang out at a cookout with the most? Man, this is tough now because my initial reaction was also to say Hector. Um, just because he's got dad vibe, you know? Like, who knows so better how to barbecue than than dads? And Hector Herrera is the father of our team, right? He's got dad vibe hardcore. So I just feel like he's he's chill. Um I'm not going to talk a whole lot more about this because I'm going to pick a different player, but he he's the guy. It's it's Dom Toretto, right? You roll up to Hector's and he's like, yo, take any beer you want as long as it's a Corona, your family. Come on. Um, yeah. Family. So I'm going to, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to fall back to the other player that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this wrap up. And that is Coco Karaskia. Oh. That man, that man has secrets in that hair. Do you know what I mean? You go to Coco's barbecue and Coco has flavor combinations that you've never considered in your wildest dreams. He's got friends all over the Caribbean region, all over South American region that have given him, they've, they've all come to visit. They've brought him recipes from the far corners of the world. And he just gives me the vibe that he's this, this secretly masterful sous chef. Maybe he listens to this podcast and he, he just like laughs like crazy at the idea that any of us think that he can cook. But in my mind, he has all of these secret recipes. And so he's also got a spread, much like Hector does for Kyle when he comes to visit. And Coco's spread is like all these just unique fusion things. He's got pineapple grilling with tahini on it, right? And he's putting honey in some kind of weird secret sauce that a friend from Portugal told him about. He's got like six different cuts of animals that we don't even usually barbecue, but he figured out how to barbecue them. He's got mahi-mahi going on a cedar plank. Like this man's got the most exotic and interesting barbecue going, and I want – I want that flavor craze. I want to experience that with Coco. I want him to pull all those secrets out of his fro and lay them all out on the grill. And I want to enjoy them all. So Coco Karskia, hundred percent. I feel no, so I confident about this now. I'm glad you took it. I don't want to try anything new. Don't you dare Coco put some fish on a grill and sprinkle some mango and some lime or whatever it is. People season a, a uh, mahi mahi, whatever that is on the grill. Mango, I don't want anything Chris. new. I want, I want sausage. I want brisket. I want chopped beef. I want the staples of a barbecue. Okay, and you know Hector Rare is a good shout. I think, I think everybody wants to hang with Hector, but not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going classic either. So he's not my pick. Escobar was was someone I was thinking about. You know. He he's a mean man. I bet I bet when it's time to kiss the cook that he's he's ready. He's putting a lot of good stuff on that grill. But no, I 
I'm not going to his cookout either. You know who? You know whose cookout I'm going to? A mean bossy. You want to know why? Because I what? will never forget the video of him in the locker room doing a faux shootout with Hector, where they're like walking out. They got their their handguns up, their finger guns. They do the steps. They turn around and have a shootout. Yeah, a mean bossy. That man makes a party. You know what? Anybody can grill anything. Anybody can put a little bit of uh, a little bit of pellet in a grill, or they can get some some briskets and put some lighter fluid on those briskets and light them up and and get a fire going. Anybody can do that. I've seen Survivor, but you know who makes the party? It's the fun guy, <laughs> and not the mushrooms you put on top of the food. I'm not talking about that fun guy. No, I'm talking about the funnest guy at the party, and that would be a mean bossy. He's welcome to the cookout anytime. And what do you know? This road has come to an end, and so has this pod. We love our listeners and are grateful for the listens and subscriptions. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. No, we haven't done that yet. I we scrolled right down past it. I scrolled right down past it. My bad. I saw the nope and I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Okay, okay, okay. Man, that was good. I was on a roll. Okay, time to go solo. Deadly. When I hear a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Here we go.